0: Thanks for everyone who's joining us today, uh, as you well know, this Saturday night, AEW will broadcast the second edition of Double or Nothing, uh, this time from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. And if you've been following along on Dynamite every Wednesday on TNT, you know this is going to be big uh, with Cody facing Lance Archer in the finals, of the inaugural TNT championship tournament. Brody Lee will challenge AEW champion John Moxley for the AEW world championship title and Nyla Rose will defend her AEW women's world champion title against Hikaru Ishida. This timing also marks the one-year anniversary of Time Warner uh, and AEW's groundbreaking partnership announcement last May, as well as the inaugural Double or Nothing pay-per-view in Las Vegas, which followed soon after that announcement. So without further ado, to uh, discuss Double or Nothing and all things AEW is Cody, Executive Vice President of AEW. So now let's uh, turn the call over to Cody for some opening thoughts, and then we'll open the lines for your questions.
1: Cody? Hey, everybody. It has been an honor really has for us to continue working and helping provide a uh, a bright spot for fans in these difficult times. Uh, I obviously am looking forward to Saturday's Double or Nothing uh, personally. uh, My match with Lance Archer for the TNT Championship and us vying to be the the first individual to wear it. Uh, The rest of the Double or Nothing show will be nothing short of spectacular from the casino ladder match to the AEW World Championship on the line really just an outstanding night and if we can you know take a beat and look back this is where AEW began our our first event officially double or nothing last year sold out MGM Grand uh, the circumstances are different this year uh, with the pandemic and COVID-19 but that spirit exists Uh, otherwise we wouldn't be uh, on this call And just for all those attending the webinar and this call, uh, we wanted to do this safely and responsibly, so we're all in separate rooms, some of us are in different states. And as I often say on BTE, I didn't go to college, so I'm not the most technically savvy. So if we have any issues, we'll do everything we can to make sure uh, we get your uh, questions answered. There's a lot more folks on this call than there uh, usually are, so we want to get right to it, and I am glad to start taking questions.
0: All right, thanks, Cody. So I'm going to open up the lines here. First off, is going to be Connor Casey from Comic Book. Connor, can you hear us? In your, are you there? Uh, yes, I am.
1: You're up. Awesome, uh, Cody. Hey, thanks for taking the time to do this today. Really appreciate it. Um, they mentioned the card at the top of the top of the call, and I was just curious. Um, how close is this card compared to what you guys had planned, say, back in early March before? So many different things had to change. That's a great question. I actually would say this card. Um, you know, just to peel the curtain back a, a bit, ninety percent of what we potentially had planned. Uh, obviously, we were presented with a curveball, and we're we're at the plate, and we're we're hoping uh, to connect. But not a lot of things changed uh, due to COVID nineteen and the pandemic. Uh, in terms of creative, uh, one thing that's just a really bright spot in all of this, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it, is uh, during this period of time, uh, all all the credit has got to go to Tony Khan, obviously the owner and the, and the founder of AEW, but I mean, big time George Washington crossing the Delaware uh, type stuff in terms of the shows we did in Norcross and the amount of matches uh, we had and the patchwork of of putting these e- events together, him, Kevin Sullivan, Jim Morris. I just want to shout them out. But I, to answer your question, not a great deal has changed. We've been fortunate to have uh, our, our stars and our, our lead individuals on this show. And last night, a really nice moment to have not only Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, back, but also Hangman
0: Adam Page. Thank you, Connor. Okay, next up, uh, I'd like to uh, introduce Bill Bodkin and from Pop Break. Bill, are you with us?
1: Yes, guys, can you hear me all right? We
0: can. Hey, Bill. All
1: right. Hey, Cody. I love doing these. Thanks for taking the time. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about was, what's the mindset going yeah. into? Obviously, it's a little different with no crowd, but double or nothing the first time. You're the young upstart company, first show ever. Obviously. A lot riding on it. Now you're going into year one, year your second year now with Double or Nothing. What's the mindset of you as an EVP and you as a performer heading into Double or Nothing too? I think one thing that's particularly very important to me um, is is self awareness, and I I was aware of where we were last year in terms of going to Double or Nothing, and we, a lot of things were discussed about the, the product, uh, there's a lot of folks who joke about how everything we did during that period of time was almost micro-analyzed and and taken just such a deep dive on everything we said because we didn't know what AEW would look like. And here we are a year in, and this is double or nothing too, as, as you put it, and we're starting to see, uh, we're evolving right in front of uh, the audience. What is... Uh, the piece of AEW that's the most prominent is it the fact that there is such a diverse st- uh, series of styles amongst the EVPs who all have such a role in the company? Um, is it trending in one direction? So for me, the mindset uh, is is just to continue to make double or nothing destination programming to continue to make double you know AEW destination programming and take what is is working and what what people enjoy. And that's incredibly difficult to quantify when you have no audience screaming and and booing and things of that nature. So you have to really uh, analyze and hope and and to some degree guess um, what people may love or like. But I've been very self-aware throughout this process. And I know the company may look differently uh, than it did, but in my eyes, it looks it looks so beautiful because there's such a diverse palette on this show. And I'll give you uh, examples. You have this TNT Championship yeah. match, this true sports-based tournament that just w- crazy the fact that Warner Media and TNT wanted a belt of their own. I can't think of a time in wrestling that the presenting network actually said, we want our own belt. And it was an honor to be in, in that tournament. And then you have Hikuru Shida, And Nyla Rose in, you know, no disqualification and no countouts. And uh, you have the stadium stampede, something we've never seen before, taking advantage of the the stadium structure here uh, in Jacksonville. And you have young upstarts. Uh, It reminds me so much of, like, you know, please don't – pick this apart, but I will say it reminds me so much of a young, stunning Steve Austin and natural Dustin Rhodes when it comes to somebody like MJF and Jungle Boy uh, and them just just vying for who is that future face, the casino ladder match, uh, to have surprises in there and to have that flavor of wrestling presented there and, and there being a genuine prize to it all. It's just a very diverse show. So I guess to answer your question, sorry for being so long-winded, is my mindset is let this be the most diverse show. Let this be a buffet for wrestling, but make sure it's the best damn buffet that there is.
0: Fantastic. Thanks to both of you. Uh, next up, uh, Stephanie Francomi from Vulture Hound. Stephanie, are you with us today? I calling you. This is Stephanie from Steerchair Magazine in United Kingdom. Uh, calling you from France. I wanted to ask you, uh, oh different as uh, the approach uh on the uh, to the shows change uh since you shifted to since the shift to closed arenas uh, thank you
1: thank thank you and always nice uh hearing from you uh i this is this is so wild there's so many stories online about what precautions uh you know wrestling is taking in presenting this but Just to get in the hallway where my office is here at at Daly's Place, I have to get a temperature check. So not only a temperature check in the parking lot, but a temperature check to get into this hallway. You've seen on the program, if you watch Dynamite, the wristbands on everybody's wrists, uh, doing COVID testing in quarantine situations so that you don't cross-pollinate, the ring crew working uh, overtime to sanitize the the use of masks, Uh, as much as you possibly can. It's just been a really unique challenge. Doc Sampson and Bryce, our medical team, are already presented with the challenge of a violent wrestling show. Now there's this global pandemic, and they have just been so above and beyond and countless hours in making sure that everyone is genuinely tested. No one in this bowl, in this uh, building, no one touching a camera or or wrestling in that ring hasn't been tested, and that was something uh, that I'm very proud of, Team Medical and how they've done. So that's from the production side of it. From the creative side of it, and, again, if you've never been on these calls, folks, I get a bit long-winded, so forgive me. But on the creative side of things, I have loved this challenge because. You don't have anyone to throw your weight belt to. You don't have that instant gratification of knowing, this spot worked, this spot didn't work. You don't have that. And what a way to test your skills. I'm obsessed with wrestling. And I think anyone who knows me on this call knows, I'm obsessed with it. So this has presented itself as a a challenge that I really want. Because to me, okay, no, there's no one sitting in the crowd but there are people sitting at home. They're sitting there with their, their, you know, family, you know, families together, and they're watching wrestling, and it's my job uh, to entertain them, and I can't know for sure if I'm doing it, and it's, it's beautiful that we have social media. There is there is a bright side to social media, folks, and, and, and it's beautiful that we have Warner Media to tell us, hey, how many people tuned in for this and things of that nature, and I don't want to get too analytical, but... Uh, I, I just really have relished the challenge, and I don't want to selfishly speak just to me. It's very clear who who really stepped up during this period of time. I'll give you a prime example of that being Chris Jericho. This is a nightmare for a performer, but in a way has been a dream, because I think swords have been sharpened. I think people have honed their skills, uh, and they're going to come out of this uh, pandemic as better wrestlers, and that just creates a
0: better wrestling show for
1: the wrestling fan.
0: Thanks, Steph, and thanks, thanks Cody. <clears throat> Next up, uh, I'd like to introduce Bill Pritchard from WrestleZone. Bill, are you there? Right there? Hey, can you guys hear me? We can. Hello. Hey, so, um, I
1: wanted to clarify something. Tony Khan said the uh, championship was going to be the number two position in the rankings and I just wanted to ask if you can clarify how that's going to work in terms of you know is of three through eight or I'm sorry three through six going to be in line for different title shots or just some clarification on that? Okay I can answer that. Could you mute your line because there's a little bit of feedback. Oh perfect. Uh, to, uh, to answer your question about the placement of uh, the TNT Championship. Uh, when we got to the semifinals, uh, Tony Khan uh, did address everyone in the tournament individually. Uh, the way it's currently looking is that it will not be, uh, that the champion, the TNT champion will not be ranked. Would, they, they, he will be listed as a champion. Whereas uh, currently John Moxley has big platinum and is the world champion. The TNT champion will not be ranked. Uh, so, so those titles we're not going to look at them as one and two, uh, and that's because we want to see what what becomes of the TNT title. Uh, and the only way we can do that, we can't tell you here and now, hey, it's it's going to be a workhorse title. We can't tell you it's going to be a mid-card title. We can't say any of those things because we've never seen it before. I've literally never seen The belt so it will it will grow and have an identity of its own, but I can say as far as the rankings go the top five will all be non champions Uh, So the TNT champion and the world champion will be unranked individuals the top five does tend to to skew towards, well, number one is going to wrestle uh, for the world championship, but we'll see how Tony uh, takes that a step further as someone who's, you know, a firm believer in kind of the sports-based ladder system that is involved with rankings and the quality of wins and things of that nature. We'll see where it goes, but the TNT champion will no longer be ranked.
0: All right. Thanks, Bill. Next up, uh, let's introduce Dave LaGreca from SiriusXM. Dave, welcome.
1: Hey Cody, how are you? Thank you for this. First off, how did you get? Uh, this is a serious call. This is a. This is i am I'm. I'm sitting here sweating bullets. Uh, yeah, this is a serious call, and you're on here. Your question better be the best question asked, or I'm going to come and find you and literally kick your ass. And everyone actually, on this call is a witness. to that. It better be the actually, best question ever. I
0: actually have two questions for you, Cody. Um, okay. You know, before we get to Saturday, it's the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, so I was wondering how you were going to celebrate that today. And then looking ahead to Saturday
1: uh, with Brody Lee, who really never had an opportunity to have a main event match or a championship match, you know, being on the stage, you know, really quick after his debut, being not only in a championship match, but a main event match for double Double or Nothing on Saturday. Well, uh, I'll answer the, the latter first, and it's a very much a proving ground for somebody like uh, Mr. Brody. I I really and I, I he probably will likely not appreciate what I'm going to say, but I will say it. I'm very proud of Brody Lee uh, in a different aspect in a world that people don't see. Uh, he's stepped up considerably as a leader. This this locker room is very young, uh, and it need, it needs leaders. I always was in locker rooms that had Great leaders and, the, you know, the wrestling etiquette uh, was taught correctly without bullying or anything of that nature. And the respect aspect of why we shake each other's hands every 30 seconds, it's all right there. And Mr. Brody, Sean Spears, two guys who have really brought that to the forefront. But his match is a proving ground. Um, that guy, That guy can go. Big rig can go. And uh, I very much look forward to to him and John Moxley. We all of a sudden went from being a very light heavyweight company to the board is now filled. You've got individuals like Wardlow. You've got individuals like Luchasaurus, Mr. Brody, uh, my opponent in Lance. You have these super heavyweights converging, and it's really exciting to see. Uh, The former, in your initial question, the Empire Strikes Back, I will have to wait. If anybody knows me, I... Get very nervous before pay-per-views. I, I don't take in any revelry. I, I don't. I don't drink. I don't. I don't. I don't party. I, I'm very just singular focused, and I know it can border on obsession. Uh, but that's I want. I want to win, and I want the company to win. And uh, The Empire Strikes Back, my favorite movie on earth, and the best movie of all time, can wait until the work is done, and hopefully that'll be Saturday night. And if it's anything like. When I normally watch the Empire Strikes Back, Brandy will fall asleep around the Hoth battle, which is right at the beginning, and I will enjoy it and love it and get my wisdom from Yoda, as he always gives it to me. So, Dave, I want you off the call now. That was it. And I I wish you the best, Dave, in your future endeavors.
0: Okay. Thanks, Dave. Um, Thanks, Cody. Joe Reedy from the Associated Press is up next. Joe, you with us. Yeah, I am. Cody, thanks for um, doing the call. Just with um, being at Daly's Place for the last couple months, what have you guys, have you gotten more comfortable with the venue? And what have you learned as far as maybe expanding and working in different spots? Like I know you did the Falls Count Anywhere match a, a couple weeks ago.
1: Daly's place is incredibly special. it was It was already special for us uh, before the the pandemic in a way as a bit of a, a home arena, obviously being the parking lot was where we had the initial AEW press conference. Uh, for me, uh, there's a lot of uh, tools in this uh, sandbox in terms of the space. It's something that I, we're so fortunate to have is Daly's and its surrounding infrastructure. I just love the fact that the sun sets. Uh, I you know just a personal aside. The sun sets as the show uh, is beginning and going on, and it's a really just kind of a beautiful lighting treatment. One of our master lighting guys, Greg. Uh, I know it is a pain for him because he's having to adjust, but I love that, and I love the wind like last night watching. Jake and Arne Anderson sermonized and seeing the wind blow. To have that open-air amphitheater that is Daly's Place, uh, really, uh, it's made things very easy uh, for us. We have a lot of contingencies, a lot of the uh, places as the world open, uh, opens up that want AEW and Raphael Morphy and Chris Harrington have been wonderful about potentially looking into those places. But if we wrestle the Daly's, for the foreseeable future, uh, I would I would have no problem with that. It's a tremendous place, and I can't thank the Kahn family enough for having it available uh, for us to work and for us to work safely. But there's a lot of to answer your question. A lot of tools in that sandbox. Uh, Flex Field is behind Daly's place. Uh, the bridge on the club section goes over to the main stadium, uh, so there is there's a lot of room for us within the show to play with in areas you might see.
0: Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Cody. Uh, Jim Barcelone from the Miami Herald is up next. Jim.
1: Yeah, thank you, Cody. If, um, follow a little bit up on that because you did answer it a little bit in the previous question, but Florida and Governor DeSantis has been the leader in opening up to pro wrestling. Does it make sense to remain in Florida and Jacksonville because of no crowds rather than to travel to other states, no crowds, or is the plan is more states open up moving forward to go to other states' venues with no crowds. So I would say the plan right now is to s- to stay in one spot, and the reason being, you put your you put your talent and your production in, in at risk when you when you move uh, the the show around. And obviously, we can meet that risk with proper medical management and the testing and the temperature checks and the quarantine aspect of it all. But it is easier uh, to to be in this one spot from now. I don't want to get in a rhythm where we're stuck because I I do hope that the world safely opens back up where the fans can come back in the seats. That live aspect of what we do is incredibly uh, important. But if it was up to me, which it is not, uh, I share the executive role with three other wonderful gentlemen, and Tony Khan makes the final decisions. But if it was up to me, I would stay here Uh, until it's time to let fans back in and even potentially let fans back in at dailies first. You know, there's no secret that the parking lot's starting to fill up with fans. I made a little trip out there yesterday. Uh, You know, we can't shake hands or hug, but we can at least acknowledge one another's love for the industry. But uh, it's the safest decision to stay here uh, while the uh, pandemic and COVID and that situation uh, as we move through it.
0: Thanks, Jim. Um, we've got a number of uh, journalists who have uh, written their questions in, uh, which is which is a feature that's available. And we'd like to start with one here, also a Jacksonville question uh, from Darren Paltrow at V13 uh, uh, and the Paltrowcast. And the question for you, Cody, is, is there an AEW accomplishment that you're most proud of uh, to this point and then since that you're now spending a lot of time in Jacksonville what do you love most about being in Jacksonville what do you love most about being in the city
1: accomplishment you know I, I I'm not always like I am in some of my interviews in terms of uh, I don't really have a braggadocious personality so I I know there are some milestones we've hit that are really special uh, but one maybe that I would pat us on the back is I'm very excited for the AEW Unrivaled toys uh, to hit shelves. Uh, wicked Cool Toys, Jazzwares, uh, Dana Massey, Mark Kaplan, Nick Sobik. What a just wonderful job on, on immortalizing the roster and uh, making a product that is for uh, fans, collectors, the hardcore collector, but also the kids who are watching the show, the kids who will play. Uh, with these action figures, just like I played with my figures and had all my battle royals and things of that nature. Um, That's something, and maybe it's because I'm literally sitting here working on the edit for a piece of (laughs) content related to it, but that's something that I I really am proud of us uh, for doing. And again, I said it on the call, and I don't want to harp on it, but the the shows that took place in, in the Nightmare Factory, me and QT Marshall's Wrestling School, which is not affiliated with AEW, but we happen to have that infrastructure to do our those four shows and I was so proud. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie The Replacements with Keanu Reeves, it felt a lot like that. There were so many young uh, men and women uh, who stepped up. A uh, lot were in enhancement matches. Some were in very competitive matches. But... To, to see them and to, and to get to know them was special. Uh, all of them. I, I tried to list as many as I could in a social post the other day. Uh, but some of them won't be replacements moving forward. Some people in this you know dark time, they're bright spots and some contracts might have been handed out, <laughs> things of that nature. but uh, I was very proud of, of those shows, the Nightmare Factory shows and I, I'm very proud of the AW Unrivaled toy deal with Jeremy and Wicked Cool Toys, and then my rant, I forgot if there was another part of your question, so if I didn't answer it, I apologize.
0: Well, we're good. We'll uh, we'll, we'll move on so that we can get uh, as many people in as possible. So uh, next up, I'd like to introduce Stu Myrick from KTXXFM. Stu. Stu, are you there?
1: There we go. Now we're good. Damn technology. Cody, greetings from the mighty ATX. Hey, buddy. Uh, quick question. Is there an adjustment that AEW has had to make in light of COVID-19, in light of the pandemic, that you could see carrying forward when we get back to some semblance of normalcy? I think it's an adjustment that a lot of businesses are probably have seen the same one that I'm going to identify. It's Wrestling, if you've ever been backstage at a wrestling show, uh, everyone shakes everyone's hands. Uh, There are different reasons, and it depends on who trained you. They'll tell you why. I was always taught they're picking you up. It's their responsibility to put you down and send you home to your family safely, whatever it may be. But the handshaking aspect and that type of uh, physical nature may be something that is passe. I was talking with Colt Cabana about this the other day. It's disappointing. Not to be able to shake hands and, and hug and things of that nature, but if it prevents this you know this virus, if it prevents it from moving to one person to the next, then that's a measure that should be taken and perhaps something moving forward. Handshaking is not as prominent as it was in wrestling, so that that's one in particular. And on top of the litany of you know, if anything, also. We have now a whole new chapter in AEW history with crisis management and how we handle this. God forbid another pandemic presents itself or perhaps there's a pandemic on you know the forefront and something that's been forecasted Well, we can do our best as a company uh, to make sure we're practicing the pra- uh, best practices to prevent it and do things safely. We all were handed COVID-19 pretty much with no clue uh, uh, what to do I think we're a little bit more prepared in crisis management as a company.
0: Thanks both. Chuck Carroll from CBS. Chuck, are you with us? Um, Cody, my question
1: is, what if, God forbid, somebody in the company does unfortunately test positive right now for COVID-19, the coronavirus?
0: What steps are in place? What measures are there in place? That would ensure that you all would be able to continue moving forward?
1: That's a great question. The testing is done under under quarantine measures. Uh, You have scheduled out uh, blocks uh, for the testing and Team Medical is the very first uh, individuals to be tested. So there is is no cross-pollination. We don't have, because they're not done at Daily's Place, they're done under the quarantine measures, meaning uh, if you were to test positive, uh, you would then get the no-swab test to confirm the positive, or perhaps it was a false positive, but you would not be uh, in proximity uh, to any uh, uh, of the talent, to any of the crew. They've also separated. The crew, has a, uh, their testing measures are done elsewhere, and the talent testing measures are done elsewhere, so those are also two locations. It's been a lot about spreading out uh, per our, you know, dual doctor role, and we also have multiple doctors because you then could cross-pollinate potentially if there's a a positive on a test. So we have it set where it would not shut down the production. And I am absolutely not rooting for a positive test, but we do need to keep it in mind, and UFC just went through this, we're testing everyone who comes into our bowl, everyone, everyone who you can see with your own eye. So if a positive test was to come forward, well, it would just indicate that the testing does work and that the measures need to be taken. We, however, have been incredibly fortunate to have no positive tests. Hopefully we have no positive tests moving forward, but doing them under quarantine measures, according to Doc Michael Sampson, as some of you may know, um, he's been in the wrestling industry quite some time,
0: uh, has been
1: the right call for everybody.
0: All right, thank you. Emily Pratt from Uproxx is next. Emily. Oh, sorry, I had the same question about someone testing positive.
1: You got another question? You want to come up with something?
0: Uh, let's see.
1: What's your Uh, favorite? I'll ask you a question. I'll ask you a question. What's your favorite energy drink?
0: Oh, probably Red Bull.
1: Just a Red Bull, huh? yeah very basic What's I'm digging your the drink? <laughs> my favorite energy drink is the bang and I have uh my fridge has a bunch of peach mangoes in it at the moment so that is uh that's where I'm sticking now I'm trying to break off of caffeine like this in, in terms of the super creatine bangs and the c4s and I'm trying just to go back to black coffee or perhaps even like the extract the green tea extract just because We're the guinea pig for this aspartame generation, and I don't know if these things are going to be any good for us uh, twenty years from now. But hey, I got a lot of respect for a Red Bull person. It gives you wings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Awesome.
0: All right. Thanks, uh, Emily and Cody. We're gonna go to the uh, to to the emails here, the text questions uh, to the AJ Awesome Show. (laughs) <laughs> AJ would like to know, Cody, if there are any advantages, uh, anything that's been like a positive of of having shows without fans in attendance.
1: I mean, I think the overview, the overlying advantage is that you're really tested as a performer and a competitor. How do you tell this physical story with no fans to help you, with no uh, background music uh, to ride, so that over that that's been a positive. But to be frank, there really hasn't been any other positives in terms of we very much miss the fans. We miss each other. It is there is a need as a wrestler uh, for a fan, and you know, Hulk Hulk hulking up uh, every aspect of a really good wrestling match, and the psychology of it, it depends. And I know there are different flavors, but wrestling depends on the crowd and, and depends on one another. So we're now working for this crowd that's at home, and we're hoping, and we're guessing, and things of that nature. Uh, but mainly that positive has been becoming a better performer and a better wrestler, but overall... I can't say how much I miss it on a personal level. And I know the locker room misses it on on, on the fans. And, and hopefully we can have them back soon.
0: Fantastic. Uh, next question is from Zach McGibbon from TSN. Zach, are you there? Thank you all. Uh, I just wanted to ask a question surrounding uh, Mike Tyson in terms of how he was able to come in. You mentioned earlier that about 90% of the card had been uh, planned out before the pandemic. Was Mike Tyson part of those original plans before the pandemic hit, and how did that deal come together with Mike Tyson?
1: Mike Tyson is actually somebody that we met as a company at Double or Nothing last year. And over the course of the year, uh, we've come to really respect him as a as a fan uh, of what we do, and he's a, a hardcore uh, AEW fan. I would say, though, that's one of the the last uh, touches uh, that was that was put on uh, Double or Nothing uh, in terms of who will be the one to present that championship and, and someone with a element of prestige, and that is what Mike is there uh, to do uh, Saturday night. Hopefully he will be handing it to me, but he is there to hand the championship uh, to Lance uh, or myself, and it's been fun to get to know Mike over the past year.
0: Thanks, Cody. Uh, Next, we've got uh, a question here from Michael Shalik. From seScoops.com uh, comes in from the from the text. Will we see the TNT Championship belt before Saturday night, Cody?
1: Well, I haven't seen it. Dang it! Uh, things leak in wrestling. Uh, you never know. I know there are some. Uh, as we kind of go over and uh, uh, format uh, this this wonderful show, which we hope is the best AEW show to date. There has there has been talk of potentially uh, it it being it being seen before, but I think my personal preference would be to see it live for the first time uh, when it comes comes out of the bag. Not unlike how Bret Hart presented uh, Big Platinum in the AEW World Championship. Uh, so I would lean towards you're not going to see it yourself until I see it for the first time. Uh, but you, you never know.
0: Fair enough. Okay, we're going to go back to the to the text line here. Lewis Brown from Hooked on Wrestling. He's got a question. We've seen a lot of big stars come to AEW, but who on the roster currently on the mid card do you see as being the next breakout main eventer?
1: Oh, well, I mean, the answer is not an answer I like giving, but it, but, I think everyone sees the same thing. MJF is destined for something incredibly great. Uh, he he truly is. He's he's a very different type of wrestler. Uh, is a very adaptive type of wrestler. Uh, I look at what him and Jungle Boy have on Saturday as a snapshot of the future. They're both growing, you know, physically. Wrestling is a physical company, and we, you know, rest on physical business. We have so many light heavyweights, but to see them train as hard as they do to eat properly, uh, they're both putting on good, drug-free, healthy size, and they're both expanding their game. They're not even, even near their prime. Uh, Jungle Boy, somebody, Sammy Guevara, every week has done something on television that has made you want to look into Sammy Guevara more. Uh, I don't know why it's all the bad guys, but Sammy, uh, incredibly special if you have the sheet is another person who could break out the fact that she's really diverse. And if you check out her social social media, it's the definition of wholesome in terms of a worldwide and uh, global star Wardlow. I, I'm going to sit here and name every wrestler we have, uh, because I really believe in uh, a great many of them and whether friend or foe and Max is definitely not a friend. It's my job. It's, it's my job to, to present, you use the term mid card. That entire mid card, as they're not stuck in the mid, they're they're climbing uh, to the top. Darby Allen, I could I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Darby. Just incredibly smart, growing as well. Uh, it's just a very special, you know. The, there's the potential for a great many people to slip into the main event, especially with a ranking system. Uh, you take a look at best friends potentially slipping into the number one contender spot based on their buy-in. Trent Beretta alone, though, is a really stout, stout singles wrestler and somebody who could break out uh, and be a legitimate contender. There's a lot of options, uh, and that, I hope, is a sign of a great company, uh, and I hope guys will meet those challenges when they arise.
0: Thanks, Cody. I've got a couple more here than coming in on text. <clears throat> Next one comes from Daniel Wood from Sports Sportskeeda. Creatively, is there anything you, Cody, or any of your colleagues have attempted only to realize that it just doesn't work in an empty arena setting or without an audience?
1: It's uh, a great question. I mean, there's there are things that that maybe not work isn't the term as much as maybe aren't personal flavors, but there's been an aspect of experimentation. Uh, one example is the microphones. So people will ask you, why do you got a microphone? There's no fans. Well, the microphones are actually for the cameras as well. They're, lob mics are available and stick mics. Uh, so that's something that's been kind of always I sit back on the shows I'm not wrestling on and a little bit of a sticking point like why do we need these mics but then when you take away the mics you can't hear what anyone is saying unless you lob mic them. I'm getting uh, very uh, technical here Uh, but one thing we have been fortunate to have is we do have the boys and girls on the roster there in the crowd and they're obviously they've been in the they're all industry folks so they're the most jaded audience you could get but to be able to move them in any way is actually a great barometer of how things are going in the ring so we've not had to just have crickets our silence uh because we've been able to have the boys and girls in the in the uh in the seats uh you know at, at socially distanced and things of that nature and with masks and again everybody is tested uh, but that's really made it so that we're not just dealing with utter silence and uh, that alone scares me half to death. I mean, that's the wrestler's nightmare is, is silence. So that that's one thing. The only thing to really answer your question that I get a little iffy and sticky on from time to time is our use of microphones when we have no main uh, large mass gathering
0: audience. Okay, great. Thanks, Cody. Um- Let's see. We got uh, Richard Jones from Fox Sports Rochester. Any word on the talked-about second show uh, in, in Rochester?
1: Oh, we're, hey. We're going to make it to Rochester. We're, 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 we're going to get there. We, uh, I've, I really like something that we've done in terms of shows have not just been canceled. Almost every show that we've lost has, has been postponed. So you'll probably, in the next, I'd say, two weeks, uh, see some new presented dates uh, with potential shows, and I'm hoping you know everyone has their own theory and speculation, and everyone's an expert on when fans are going to come back and when they're not going to come back. but I would hope I would tend to think sooner than later if we can do it, and maybe there is you know a small gathering and there's there could be limitations to it all, but uh Rochester will for sure happen that was a show we were really, really. Uh, looking forward to I, I particularly wanted to see Brody lee in rochester uh, just because I know uh, that's his hometown so it, it, it's not something that's going to get pushed very far on the back burner the only live event plans that might take further to to replace or renew is any international live event plans because that where we're you know just like everybody else we're we're waiting for when the borders will open up and how the borders will open up
0: I got one more here on text that I'd like to share with you, uh, Cody. <clears throat> this comes from Christian Hubbard uh, from the Illuminati. Um, his question uh, is, Broken Matt Hardy will team up with the Bucks And Kenny Omega and Hangman this Saturday, collectively, is the elite. Is Hardy an official member of the elite? And what do you hope that he accomplishes in the company?
1: Matt Hardy is wonderful. He, last night, I got the privilege to sit outside and just have a beautiful view of the Jacksonville waterfront with Matt and to hear him tell stories to some of the younger guys. And really a special veteran who is, you know, not unlike my brother, is able to continue to go. It's really great having his, his presence as far as the elite is concerned. I'll go ahead and say it. It's probably the most controversial thing on this call, and I don't mean it to be. The elite, more than anything, is the original, the OG, and that being Kenny Omega and Matt and Nick Jackson. That That's the heartbeat of it all. Those guys are, are glue, and they do everything individually uh, together. And, and they are I mean, look at it. Kenny was PWI's. Wrestler of the Year last year, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson, I don't know how many tag team accolades they've won. Uh, incredibly polarizing figures, but they're polarizing because they're damn, damn good. That's the elite. And then you've got kind of the uh, expanded universe elite and you know, Hangman Adam Page and uh, Marty Scurll, Brett, bless his soul. And I would assume that Broken Matt is, uh, is trial by fire here as someone who's uh under the elite banner i'll tell you on a personal level the reason i go so hard on the nightmare family and the jackets and everything is out of respect for the elite this is that that's their world it's it's an honor to have been selected to be part of it uh and to have have been with those guys we uh, were we're a family uh and that's very, very special, but at the end of the day the OG will always be de- the OG elite will always determine who is elite Kenny Matt and Nick. And uh, I think Matt gets a what would you call it a battlefield uh, promotion perhaps to the elite
0: All right. <clears throat> Thanks Cody and I just realized we're, we're at 45 minutes uh, so unfortunately we're got to wrap up. Um, it's been fantastic. Cody, thanks a million for your time, uh, and on behalf of Tony Khan, Cody, and all the Executive Vice Presidents, everyone at AEW, thanks for joining the call today. Uh, per our custom, we'll be distributing an audio copy shortly, so we'll be looking for that, and obviously, if you have any questions or comments, you know how to how to reach us. So again, thanks a million for everything today. We look forward to connecting with you on Saturday night for Double or Nothing, and Uh, Wish everyone the very, very best uh, to you you and yours, uh, your families, your loved ones, and all that during these times. And we'll look forward to seeing you on Saturday night. Thanks, everyone.